We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Welcome to Wine with Megan Mel. We're here to help you navigate the world of wine. I'm Meg Gilchrist, joined by Master of Wine, Meg Brotman. And what are we got today, Meg? We're doing Viognier. 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 People it's a, never know how I know. to say it. And in fact, I'm not even sure that I say it correctly, but... Yeah, Viognier. Viognier. Yeah. It's sort of, it's yeah. Nier. Yeah, well, it's It's their Australian accent. It's Viognier. It and that's how we would say it in Australia, so that's how we're going to say it. Yes, Viognier. That's what it is, Viognier. <laughs> <It's> final decision. <laughs> a great variety that's really we don't hear a lot about. I feel like we're hearing about it more and more in Australia. True. I um, met a winemaker, well, I've known her, Kiralee, for ages, Kiralee Gordon, and she is obsessed with Viognier. Yeah. And at the Victorian Wine Show, she did gave a masterclass on it, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, my God, this is the last thing I want to do. Yeah. But the wines were really, really, really good. Yeah. I. Do you know what? I'm really excited. I haven't... I don't know. I haven't. I don't normally choose to drink it. Same. I don't go to the fridge and pick it up. Um, and maybe I'm missing out actually because I don't. I haven't given it much of a chance. So I'm excited to taste this. Um, but first, you know, before we get into anything, I have a couple of funny things to start with. Okay, so one. Um, <laughs> a few I things heard, to say. So my friend. Um, was listening to the podcast the other day and we almost made him miss his flight because he got so absorbed in the glassware episode that he missed the turn off and almost missed his flight. Funniest thing ever. But the other thing that has come up in the last week is it's been pointed out to me that we don't have a jingle and we really need a jingle for when... (laughs) Instead of me saying, Meg, what you've been drinking, apparently it's too boring and we need a jingle. So I've come up with a jingle. Uh-oh. It's and not like this Hawthorne thing again all over again. Like- I'm pretty happy with it. This was okay. a group think tank. Here we go. Meg, drinking one. She'll tell us if it's any good. To stop the cellar if I could. (laughs) How many drinks did you have before you did that? Oh, your poor husband. He had to listen to so many. He, he was, was oh, like, God. I try it like really passionately. And then I was like, Tom, is it funnier if I go like all out or if I just like do it like I'm not trying? Jeez, Neil, you, it's like you and Neil Diamond in the same room together. It's just, <laughs> you sing almost as well as I do. <laughs> So is that our jingle? Um, well, I've decided that it might get annoying if we do it every single episode. So here's the thing. I want people to send in suggestions of songs and lyrics 
that can be made into jingles. So I'm not going to do it every week. I don't have that much time. But whenever I can, I'm going to prearrange a jingle. So I'm glad. What did you think? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. My eyes are still watering and I I don't know if I'm going to get through the episode without coughing. That was very funny. Well done. But you're – I just – I am speechless. You have never been speechless. I know. This is a first. I just imagine your darling Tom sitting on the sofa going, oh, God, here we go again. I did about go 15 takes. My God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know you sing almost as well as I do. <laughs> I have the voice of an angel. I don't know what you're talking about. I shouldn't say I sound like a banshee. So, yes, I'm not a good singer. All right. Well, on the note of the jingle, what have you been drinking? I had an Albert Martin Reaspacious Albarino. Albarino. I think from Dan Murphy's, Pete went and bought it. Okay. Um, it was from Valdo Salness. Oh, no. Yeah, so Reaspacious, yep. Um, it was – Pete bought it, so it's probably about the 15 – Dollar mark. Yeah, okay. Um, really salty and floral and just lovely. I love wines that can be described as salty. Yeah, it was I, – when I first smelled it, I thought, mm, not as floral as I would expect from an Albarino. Yeah. But then the saltiness was really yummy. And because I had COVID last week, so I was yeah. like – Stuck yeah. in ISO, and the only thing, and I wasn't that well, un- yeah. unwell, sorry. Yeah, you were um, okay. So I was having, you know, the glass of wine, and I just kept thinking, I just want some salty almonds and some oysters, and we didn't have any of that in the house. So I often describe wines, and wines are often described as having a saline quality. Yes. Is that just a fancy way of saying salty? They yep. mean the same thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're just being really and the frank. Other one is, I'm like, it's got a saline quality. Yeah. Well, Man, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like when it smells like wine or winey, you can say it smells finis. <gasps> I know, right? In Wesset the other day when I was teaching, I said to them, grapes. Like, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm like getting grapes. And they all looked at me like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you can say it like yeah, it. You can. Grapey. <gasps> Venice. Venice is a good one. Venice is much better. Oh, right. Right. That, it smells that like down. wine. <laughs> that down, folks. I love it. So you can say that in your salad. Oh, it's very Venus. <laughs> it's Venus. <Venice>. Nice. <laughs> It smells whiny. You all have next time you're in a salad door, you all have to say that. That's so funny. The brilliant one. That is brilliant. Okay. Um, and fun fact. Okay. I'm so excited about this fun fact. Okay. Many years ago, I worked with a woman called Popsy, and she was incredibly posh. This was in England. A woman yeah. um, dripping in diamonds and wore big moo-moos and the big comb back 60s hair. And she's just absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. And she would only ever drink champagne. Because she claimed that she never put on weight. Now, Pops wasn't exactly the tiniest woman on the planet. <laughs> but anyway, good luck to her. And then I see this article come up. Is champagne stronger than non-bubbly alcoholic drinks? They've done a study to see if champagne makes you get drunker faster. Oh, it does, right? The bubbles. It actually does. Yeah. The If anyone wants to read the article, it's published in the Journal of Forensic and Legal Medicine, which I thought was quite interesting. You've got and the it, it full can, study printed. I know. <laughs> She's got like a 10-page thing. It's not just a headline of like a BuzzFeed article. It's It's a a legit. It's a science thing. So (laughs) they appear to confirm that sparkling alcoholic drinks really do make people drunker faster. And they did it well. They measured blood alcohol. They Previously they'd done studies where they'd done straight vodka, vodka with sparkling water and something else. Okay. 
and then measured your your blow, your breathalyzer. Yeah. But this they actually did. So what seems to happen is it's all to do with your pyloric sphincter. That's the other thing, which dumps the is food it? from your I know. Oh. From your stomach into one of your bowel things, one of your intestine things. But the longer your food stays in your, the whatever, the alcohol stays in your stomach, the less al- the less booze you get, I think. And that's why you should drink. Eat before you drink. I didn't, I I, I didn't absorb all the information. If anyone is new to the podcast, hi, welcome. We talk about sphincters and I know pyloric like, sphincter. They think that they're joining a really like fancy, glamorous podcast. It is yes. not such. So what happens is the the <laughs> the longer it stays in your stomach, the less boozy you're going to get because the intestine absorbs alcohol into the bloodstream more quickly than the stomach does. And when you've eaten, the pyloric sphincter's got a message to keep itself closed. But anyway, turns out that bubbles, bubbly drinks do get you drunker faster. That was the bottom line. Wait, wait, what has that got to do with the sphincter? That it absorbs faster or something? Well, apparently that because of the carbon dioxide, it gets expelled more rapidly, they they believe, from your stomach ah. into the intestine. Who, if, whoever's a doctor, I know there are doctors listening to this, probably, this girl's yeah, got no idea about that. anatomy. It's in, it's something. But apparently as it moves from your stomach, it moves faster from your stomach to your um. Yeah, we're just letting Zoe in. Zoe's here and Hector's here as well and Hector's hassling Zoe and she's whining. So it's all good, Zoe. Um, so, yeah, there you so go. Moves, wait, so it moves faster. Yeah, it, the, they think the carbon dioxide gets, sends a message to the body to open the pyloric sphincter to expel the bubbly sparkles into your intestine. Don't quote me, doctors, on this one. And you absorb it more rapidly into your bloodstream. Cat, if you're listening. I know, don't, you, um... don't, don't. I'm just going to be ashamed. <laughs> All right. Shamed. No, that was a good one. I enjoyed that this week. Uh, but to be on the air. Yes. So what I've got, I've got probably what is considered to be the OG of Viognier. Your lumber, um, the business, the winery, have been very instrumental in planting Viognier and its resurgence in Australia. So back in the early 90s, there was Uh a lovely winemaker called Rose. What is her surname? Come to me. She's the head of Yolamba. Isabella Rose? Mm. And she she wanted Viognier planted. And so what I've got is I've got three Viognier wines from Yolumba. Yeah. So their Y series, which is their entry level every day. I love that you've done this. job. Then I've got a Yolumba Eden Valley Viognier. Okay. And then I've got what is considered to be the best Viognier in Australia, the Virgilius. Virgilius. I had no idea that we even had a something that was considered the best. I remember when... Louisa Rose, that's her name from Yolumba. Louisa Rose, first they first released this, there was this huge hoo-ha about it. It's like a $45 bottle of wine. Yeah. And people were saying, you're never going to sell it, and it has a, a really a cult following now. It's oh, wow. Got, it's an incredible wine. Um, so, yeah, we I thought we'd – and then I've got um, a wild ferment Fionnier cool. from the Barossa Valley, and yeah. then I've got – just a French Viognier from the Rhone. Oh. But it's just 100% Viognier yep, from Chaputier. Beautiful. So you have in your glass, which, by the way, are Viognier glasses. Oh, stop. You have Viognier glasses? I ordered the wrong ones. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when have you ever been? 
I wanted um, They're beautiful glassware though Small I love the stem It's so long Um, (laughs) Meg's got such No, no, they're nice But I wanted more of a burgundy We all know when you're not impressed with something It's like I I wanted more (laughs) of a a burgundy glass Oh, burgundy's completely different Burgundy's like They're huge bowls This is like a nice petite thing It's beautiful Yeah, so um, What we're expecting from Viognier is Usually grows in warm climates Mm -hmm. So Barossa Um Northern Rhone, where it's generally it's used in red blends. Yeah. Um, Southern Rhone, south of France, so warm climate. So the acidity is usually quite moderate. Okay. Sometimes they can be a little bit soapy. They feel like they don't have enough acid. Um, apricot. It's very aromatic grape yeah. variety. So apricot, roses, yeah. um, orange blossom. Yeah. I get very floral. Yeah. Floral aromas, as my boss used to say. <laughs> It's most famous in the Northern Rhone in a very, very small appellation called Condrieu, which yes. is only Viognier. Mm-hmm. And the smallest appellation, I think, in the whole of France is Chateau Grier, um, which is only two acres or two hectares. What? That's an appellation? Yeah. A chateau? And it's Viognier. Because yeah. it's just such an extraordinary example of Viognier. Is it a chateau? That yeah, has its, it's own one a- business. It's, it's like so a monopoly. It has its own appellation, the Chateau. Oh, my God. Chateau Grier. It's like a bit like Romney Conti. I mean, there's only a couple, a handful of people, you know, yeah, have got that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's cool. – um, I'm expecting floral, moderate acidity, moderate alcohol. That's one of the things I don't like about it is that it can be – I find the alcohol quite burny on it because it does get super ripe. And in my experience of making it, which has only really been in Chile – it goes from being ripe to overripe very, very, very quickly. Gotcha. So I'm not sure what this is like. This first one, what's this worth? Mm, on the, th- I think this is $13.99. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling, and I knew I, I had this prediction going in that I would like the high end ones, but maybe not the lower end ones. Yeah, I mean, this is floral and fruity and, and oh, it's textbook. Yeah. It's but fine. It's it's nice. Um, I just don't know if I'd ever buy it to drink it. No, I wouldn't. No, it's twelve forty a bottle. <laughs> there we go. The um, the aromatics are almost overwhelming, and I don't feel like there's enough. I don't know, like body or acid, or uh, there's not enough structure to carry all of. The, That's what I mean about that soapiness that yeah, Fiona for me tends to yeah. have. It has a very. It's not – you know how we drink a lot of wine that has a very straight-lined palate? This, for me, is much more – it's like a wave. It just kind of moves down your palate. It's very broad. It's yeah. not straight. You're right. That's why I'm, I'm not a huge fan. But this is um, this is their entry level. This would be done at high volume at $12.40. Be stainless steel well, ferment, yeah. no oak. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually um, really excited to see kind of where the good ones go because I'm not sure I've ever had an exceptional – well, wait till you say the Vigilis. Vigilius. Yeah. I think I'm doing a disservice. So next one is Yolumba again. Eden Valley Viognier. The first one, oh, the first one was vegan, FYI, for the vegans listening. 2021. This is a 2020. Um, this is also vegan. I love the way they're pushing the vegans. So this is interesting because you just said that Viognier is suited to warm climates, but now we've got Eden Valley and it's supposed to be a step up. 
cool explain climate. that. Explain I know. that, man. Well, that's why I got it because <laughs> it wouldn't be where I would be planting. So Eden Valley, for those that you don't know, is in the Barossa Valley, but it's at elevation. It goes yeah. up to you know, 450, 500, 600 metres. So it's cooler and it's where we get those lovely floral Rieslings from. Yeah. So what I'm expecting here is probably less of that super floral rosy character and more fine-lined acidity. Um, but Ooh. Yeah. I'd- oh, that's cool. Oh, I like that a lot better. Mm. It's a little bit like though, remember when I got the Gouvets Traminer and – you were, I was like, it tastes good. And you're like, yeah, but it's not like Gewurz. It's got that oily, soapy texture again. This is the thing about Fionnia that I just can't come at. It's a I bit do. Like, I got an actual soapy taste on the finish. It's very floral. It's um, rose petal, saffron. Like, yeah, you know when you soak totally. saffron threads? Totally. It's it. It's more concentrated, certainly, than the first one. And the acid's way better. Yep. And I suspect that's possibly added acid. Uh. Um, but it's it's lovely, Fionnia. This was – so this one it's I got from – This one I got from Nick. So I've got to say it went all out for us this week because some of that, they literally had to bring some of these wines in to meet our timeline. So. Aww. Thanks, I Nick. thank you so much. I was sending a text going, could I get them today? And they like they got straight back to me at eight o'clock in the oh morning. God, they legends. were so cool. Yeah. Anyway, I picked them up today. Um $23.99. Yeah. For this one. And the first one was twelve forty. So doubling the price, doubling the quality, doubling the value. Uh, I think so. Oh, I think it's very clear that this is higher quality. Almost double. I would say it's double the quality. Yeah, I think if I super chilled that, I'd possibly enjoy it a little bit more. Mm. Admittedly, they were only in the fridge for an hour-ish before we've opened them. Um, yeah, it definitely is. I don't know how much Vionia is planted in um, Eden Valley, Eden, but I know yeah, in random. in France it got down to something like 400 hectares. It was like almost – Disappearing, yeah, but it's had a resurgence. I can't get over the fact that you have Fionnier glasses. <laughs> Doing it full it's justice here. So it's such a random glassware to have a specific varietal of. Mm. Yeah, stuffed up. <laughs> and they're not the cheap no. retails either. They're no. like expensive retails. But anyway, but this you just knew subconsciously that this day would come. <laughs> So this one I got from Dan's, the Yelumba Virgil, the Virgilius. It's a twenty twenty. What does Virgilius twenty eighteen? Do I don't know. Um, and it's forty seven dollars. Forty seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is considered to be the pinnacle of um, Viognier in Australia. I've just noticed it's Eden Valley as well. Handpicked and wild fermented in old French oak. Seriously heavy bottles. Ten Ooh. months in French oak. Harvested on the twenty eighth of February to the thirteenth of March. So obviously they're going in and And this is the one of the ones that Kira Lee showed in her um Viognier tasting. Uh well Yolumba reckons it's gonna take us on an aromatic journey. Is it taking you on an aromatic journey? It's the smells are really uh, this is gonna sound really weird. Roast potato? <laughs> Roast potato. Have a smell. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? this- Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of starchy, like olive oil, maybe? Do you reckon that's um, some savouriness from the wild yeast? Wild yeast and old, the old oak would be giving that some, some of that as well. It's kind of smoky and... Smoked almond? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not as yeah, it's absolutely as absolutely the other ones. Smoked almond. It's quite savoury, which is super weird because my entire reference point for Vanya is rose and like apricot. What's the thing? Apricot delight. Mm. Um. Wow, that is that's pretty fine wine. I mean, would I be spending going out and buying this as my choice of wine? No, but this is a this would be a great wine to take to a wine show for an options or blind. Sort of thing, Eden Valley. It's from this, obviously from the same vineyard. Oh, Mel's speechless. The face isn't good. Yolanda, you've taken me on an aromatic journey. Oh, um, no, it's great. It's well fabulous. Done, no, it is the kind of wine that you. I just like. I had to stop. Oh my god, I sound like a tool, but let's do it. <laughs> I, I stopped and let it take. I let it take me on a journey. Like it literally right. came in waves. It had this beautiful palette. Bursts of different kinds of flavour. It was quite complex. And then this gorgeous finish that just didn't stop. That is quality wine. Yep. Mmm. And it's, I mean, if you were doing this blind, I don't know that you would pick it as Viognier. No, you're right. I don't know what I would say if this would. This would Because the acidity is way... Way higher yeah. on this. Yeah. The alcohol still seems a bit warm. But then do you still like it because you like things to be varietal? Um, remember the astrosity that was the Gewurz that I tried to give you once because it didn't taste like Gewurz and you were like, so it doesn't count. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is, and, and I have had quite a few chondriers in my life. Yeah. Um, this is much more on a chondrier if you want to sound like a tool, uh, flavour profile. It's got this slaty whetstone character to it, a little bit chalky. There's high acidity, which Chondrier has as well, um, but it's got a real fullness to the palate. Warmth from the alcohol, even though it's only 13%, yeah. with some savouriness and that's, some – That smoked almond. Yeah, the smoked almond and, and – but there's, there's some floralness underneath there as well, but it's not rosy and mm. really overt floral. It's just more of a general smell of spring, you know, that when you walk outside. Daffodils, you know how daffodils people and jonquils smell? Be, people must think you're mad at the moment, but I legit know exactly what you mean. You know the smell of spring no, when I you do. first wear your summer like uniform at high school and you walk into school and it's still a bit cold but there's this distinct no, it smell is. in Because when you said it does, like it's got this floralness, I was like, mm, I don't know, Meg. But then it's, it it is, it's not um, like a jump happy glass rose petal. But there is like a general, just like um, like a loveliness. Spring, <laughs> spring, spring aromas. There's a prettiness. Yeah, that's well done. I'm sorry. I, I think that's well worth it. I will buy it again. That's what, 47 or something? Yeah, $47. And that would be that's a good, pretty good steal. For, yeah. I actually think that's a great wine for $47. And that would probably be super low yielding. That They have put, I know, this is, like I think the first one was probably released in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And they have, they have really invested in this. Oh. Um, and they wanted to make well, a French I um I was trying to figure out well, why the name still came on the stage from. with France. Yeah, 
uh, I, I still have no idea why it's called a Vigilius, but they say it's their flagship wine. So I guess they would be investing in it if this is their, oh, hang on. Here we go. The Vigilius is named after the Roman poet, Publius Vigilius. <laughs> I'd, I'd shit you not. His first name is Poop. Publius. Yeah, Publius. It literally is Publius. Yeah, it's no wonder they didn't put the first name on the... from 70 to 90 BC. (laughs) And what did he do? Did he drink He's considered to be one of the greatest Roman Roman poets. He was a mentor to the first emperor of Rome. But Rome didn't end well. Yeah, yeah, there is is no um, context to why this has anything to do with Yulamba or Fionnier. But I do like the wine. I mean, the name and the wine yeah and the and you know it's just it, the other thing that was interesting to me is the y series is in a lovely lightweight bottle well done <laughs> slightly heavier yeah and then we have the vigilius is in a seriously heavy yeah, well, um, small, premium bottle small quantities we'll let it go well done that's that's a pretty good wine so yeah, the next one we're fabulous. moving on to is messina barossa valley 2021 the surly muse of viognier 24 bucks from nix this is another one that they had to kind of fly in for me today so, so i am eternally grateful the reason i got this is wild ferment i think it's old oak oh Sorry, if you can hear my dog in the background. We've just um, started a new studio in Meg's living room. (laughs) So this is what's going to happen. I may have to convert the shed up the top to a studio. It's so bloody cold. Oh, no, there's no power up there. Yeah, we need power. This is fine. We just have the odd dog bark in the background. People are used to us. Yeah, they're used to it. So Messina, um, 13.5% alcohol. And I kind of got this because I think, does it look a little bit cloudy? I can't say we've got the greatest light in here. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I I can't, you remember we had that, oh, Changing Winds Marsan. I was hoping that this would do to Viognier what that Changing Winds did to Marsan, have a little bit of funk, a little bit of texture to it. Do you want to quickly recover um, Wild Mm. Ferment? So in... The winery, we have a yeast called Saccharomyces cerevisiae, which is the alcoholic fermentation yeast, and we add it. Mm-hmm. We buy it like you would your yeast if you're making bread. Yeah. The the grapes have natural yeasts on them that aren't Saccharomyces cerevisiae. They're a yep. range of different um, genus and species. And when you bring the grapes in to the winery and you don't add any sulfur dioxide, you don't kill them off. Mm-hmm. So you get this... They work in, they'll ferment to about 8% alcohol, 8 to 10%, and then they're sensitive to alcohol, so they die off. But then Saccharomyces cerevisiae or something else will take over. So they kind of work in, they're like a wave of teams. Mm. So something will ferment, and they produce d- different, sorry, it's like Berg Street here. <laughs> <laughs> um, they will produce different flavour compounds yeah. and aroma compounds. And the other thing that I really like about them is they're not very efficient. So they yeah. use more sugar to produce 1% alcohol, which means if you've got high potential alcohol, you can reduce your alcohol. So it adds texture and different flavours and yeah. funk. The risk is the ferment's not going to finish because you don't you don't know what you've got in there. Yeah. I absolutely love them. I did my thesis at university on them. Yeah. I did my MW thesis on them. I am just a lover of wild yeast. I'm trying to think of a good analogy like um like if you're cooking 
Like, well, it's like adding you've got herbs, general term, yeah. yeast. You're adding oregano, then a bit of basil, <gasps> then a bit of thyme. Exactly. So if you pick your own herbs and add maybe it's it's the difference between that and buying a store-bought. Yeah, exactly. So the store-bought's yeah. always going to be the same. It'll be consistent. It, it, it'll give you exactly what you want. If you, you pick want. your oregano out of the garden, you're going to have some young leaves, some old leaves. Yeah, so different flavor it might be profile. a little bit imperfect, but there's something beautiful about that. Well, the thing is it does, and my – MW thesis was, is there a perceptible difference? That's basically, I was called marketing plus or unacceptable risk for yes. wild ferments. And I gave people what's called a duo trio trial. So they had two wines that were the same and one wine that was different. And they, I said to them, pick the same wines, which two glasses are the same. And if people can consistently do that, it means there is a perceptible difference between the wines that you're presenting to them. Yeah. And they did. And this I did 135 people, so it wasn't a wow. small study. Yeah. They were untrained people. Yeah. Some of them worked at the winery that I was yeah. working at. But there was a perceptible, statistically significant perceptible difference between non-wild and wild ferments. Okay. Tell me why, Meg – do wild ferment wines usually have, at least to me, a better texture? So byproducts of fermentation are many and varied depending on what yeast you've got. So the yeast don't just produce alcohol. Mm-hmm. They produce that banana that you absolutely <laughs> hate. hate and they banana. produce a range of what we call higher alcohol. So yeah. glycerol is probably the one that most people know that's in – the stuff that makes your car from he- overheating, or well, the antifreeze. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. sort of stuff. So yeah. it's a it's a thick glyceroly, yeah. and so that can change the texture. So each yeah. yeast produces different higher alcohols. Yeah, and so they may convert some sugar not to ethanol, which mm. is the alcohol that we drink and consume, but to another form of alcohol, a different higher alcohol, mm. and so that adds to the layer of the texture, and. The other thing is, I think, I've got no proof for this, but I think they die earlier. So you're getting some of that dead yeast cell, cell contact ah, earlier on in your ferment. That makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah. two of the best ones, Cloaca and Candida, getting really scientific now, died <laughs> about between 6 and 8% yeah, of okay. alcohol. And so they're doing – they're yeasty things. They're doing the yeasty things. Um, floating around with the dead cells. Yeah, which sounds horrific but is a good thing. Yeah. Because um, it gives us this lovely, lovely texture. And I've got to say, I lovely, lovely love this wine. Uh-huh, me too. It's very different to the last one. It's incomparable almost. I would never pick it for Viognier. Oh, maybe on the just on that back palate finish. Yeah, it's more like citrus or grapefruit or something. I'm grapefruit. not getting, yeah. And that red grapefruit and the pithiness of the mm-hmm. grapefruit as well. Yeah, like the the rose is there if you look for it, but it's not jumping out of the glass. That's pretty yummy. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Well done. Blood orange. Yeah, and I found these things in my garden on the weekend called sumo mandarins. <laughs> you wanted to put a sumo mandarin on a label the other I day. I know. I was like, bro. No one is gonna know. But it is kind of it is kind of like the blood orange of mandarins. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. They're very, very sour. I won't get, I'd open them up and went, ooh, no, I'm not going to eat them. <laughs> Clearly they're not ripe enough. Who knew I had them? <laughs> but this that is, is. This is why you and I need to work together, the, like, marketing and the wine. Yes. The other thing that you tried to put on the label was Milo. <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> But I'm sorry, did that smell and taste it like mine? It did, but we can't say it. I'm not allowed to use anything that could suggest sweetness. Yeah, no, because people get confused easily. Not our lovely listeners, they understand. Yes, so I get to, I, I have to, I have to do confused. my tasting notes with Mel in the room, <laughs> with Mel going, nope, 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 can you find something else? Is there something else? Nope, that doesn't Keep work. pushing. Okay. So, yeah, that's my life. Pity poor me. Okay, last one. That was awesome. That was beautiful. I've got a 2017 Chaputier. Remember darling Neil from Dan Murphy's told Aww. us about the blind Good dude. Good friend of the podcast. From... From Chaputier. Yes. So this is a 2017, the wine from the sky and the earth, the, the love that it brings. Yeah, my French. It's, this is by Dynamic. Just trying to look. It's 2017. Le Compilat, it's called. And it's an IGP. So it's oh, not yeah. a Rhone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Rhone wine. Um, 12% alcohol. So it's from – so in the Rhone, yeah. IGP, you know, is those big broad areas. The Rhone, it's called IGP Rodandanese or something. Colleen Rodanians. Neil, you need to correct <laughs> me on that one. Neil needs to come and straighten you out. But – you see it very rarely because Rhone has such a kudos that they're yeah. not going to downgrade. Yeah. This is a very heavy bottle. This was not expensive. $27. Okay. This looks the least like a van, yeah, out of all of them. It's more. It's green. Almondy? Mm. Like. And like. Raw almond character? Oh, my God, I can't even pick it. Okay, so we're talking IGP. So we're talking big, volume, cheap wine. Well, cheap, $26.99. Um, you're right, it's green. Snow pea. I said that the other day. Yeah. You didn't like snow pea. No, we're not going to put it on a label. Imagine the common man. Is there a gender neutral way to say common man? Imagine the common, common person, person reading that. <laughs> I actually Being don't. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy the snow pea wine. <laughs> I actually don't mind that. Mm, it's it's um, not Viognier. It's not Viognier. If you said, here's a lovely French savoury wine and gave it to yes. me, I'd enjoy it. But I'm just a bit confused because it's a Viognier. So two things. One, it's a 2017, so it's five years old. So I don't know how Viognier ages. And maybe, you know how Sauvignon oh, Blanc takes on that. an age thing. Yeah. Takes on that. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've just got a hair in my eye. Um, takes on that mushy pea character, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And it is only 12% on. alcohol. Viognier yeah. normally is picked riper. Um, interesting wine. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, was would, this, were the last couple Dan's or Nick's? So the last two were Nick's. How? Oh, yeah. $27 for the Chaputier. So from Dan's, I got the Y series and the Yolumba, um, the Virgilius, so the, the lowest and the 
premium yeah. of the Yalumba. And then the Eden Valley 2020 Yalumba I got from Nix. And then the Surly Muse Messina and the Chaputia I I mean, got they got from- to be the picks, right? The Messina and the Yalumba Villius. Vigilius. 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 <laughs> Publius. <laughs> Just call him by his little nickname, Pub. <laughs> um, yeah, those two yeah. for me, they're sitting next to each other. They are definitely the, the picks. Um, but if you want an introduction to Viognier, as much as I kind it of enjoy this, I, I would skip over that and, and – Possibly go to that Eden Valley. But I feel like if you actually – Okay, this is what is interesting to me is that normally um, the more expensive you get, the more varietal you get. Yeah, not here. Not here. It's been the complete opposite. The least expensive one has been the one that is personified – is so Viognier the best? Maybe that's the one that that's the one we would most likely pick up in a blind tasting. Yeah, and maybe they're assuming that people who are invested in wine who are going to spend forty seven dollars mm. have a better understanding of savouriness and less varietal character, so they're yeah. not giving you that bang for buck. Yeah, I don't know. It it, it is interesting. The Messina's just like a little funkster. Yeah, it's cool. Bloody interesting wine. If you like funk. And the Chaputier is a great white wine. It's Venice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little bit of like Venice from yes, this wine. It's a very Venice wine. Um, <laughs> it's not hugely, you're right, it's not hugely Viognier. And really, I mean, why is it in such a heavy bottle? I don't understand. It's IGP. Um, if you want to drink... IGP wine, go to the Languedoc, I think, in France for Viognier. Yeah, yeah. So IGP is the equivalent of, say, what, like Victoria or South Australia? Southeastern Australia. Yeah, there we but go. But it's because Australia is much larger. But it's it's the whole of the Languedoc. So yeah, it's, it's not it's not the Minervois or premium. Pic- de Pinot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the broader so, region, not the more premium And regions. they are allowed to name the grape variety on the label. Mm. And they can use oak chips and things. Yeah, okay. And it's high volume. and High volume, tap wine. That, uh, maybe that needs to open up in my All right. Viognier glass. <laughs> okay, this was fun. Um, I would say to people, go taste Viognier. There's a bit around the Yarra Valley, I think. Um, you'll find a bit out Brossaway. McLaren, I think. McLaren. Um, and then, yeah, there's definitely more French examples to be explored as well. Um, it's worth tasting. It's really quite interesting. Yeah, if you want to do something different, something floral, something you don't have to sort of really think about, it's, mm. it doesn't have any hey. structure like Chardonnay or Riesling. Meg, you've got an entire episode. It's been 39 minutes and you haven't mentioned food once. Do you want to tell us what kind of food would go with Viognier? Mm. I, I, yeah, I'm a bit stuck. Um, given that saffron that we smelt somewhere, mm. was that the Virgilius? I can't remember. I, I'm thinking like a pan-fried snapper with saffron butter nice. on top. Yeah, good call. Um, I actually think like buttery lobster rolls oh, on yes. brioche buns. I don't even like, but a buttery, yes, something buttery for yeah. sure. Yeah, I just think the floralness works would work with the butteriness of it all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, things with butter. 
All right, love it. Things French food, all French food, <laughs> just French generally. Okay, well, that was good. Um, if you have any follow-up questions for Vignette, feel free to send them through. Can we say all your messages that come through every week about you're new to the podcast or just questions yes. or comments? We love you so much. Um, so thank you. Um, keep it up. It keeps us going. Um, and next week we're going to be back talking about, ooh, it's, it's like a fight. It's like blends versus single varietal. Who's going to win? I had the most interesting time researching this and the, the, one key point came out to me that kind of jumped out why blends are so maligned. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll don't, we'll don't say. That's your teaser for the next episode. We'll see you next week. And until then, enjoy your next glass of wine. And drink well.